Hi, I'm Elise Kennedy. Welcome to Jardin's Startup Tech Series, where we host entrepreneurs, venture funds, and technology companies on trends across the industry. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Jeffrey Henry, founder and CEO of logistics software startup company Offload. So, Jeffrey, can you start by giving us a bit more detail about the company? First of all, thank you, Elise, for having me. Um, pleasure to, to talk about Offload. And uh, Offload is very much tech company focusing on, on removing inefficiencies and waste from the world freight industry by naturally providing a lot of different tools that enables that plus adds a level of transparency. Yeah, fantastic. And, and what was the origins of how you started this business? Well, I've personally been involved in freight for, for a number of years. I've, um, I've actually had up the operations and the logistics of a startup in Australia called HelloFresh. And then I also was a co-owner and the managing director of a freight company itself. So I've been involved a, a long time and I've seen how inefficient and how, mm. how analog this industry is and it, it drove me to, to just find a solution. And perhaps talk to what that solution is. Who are your customers and what is the value proposition? And the value proposition is, is actually pretty simple. The market itself is extremely inefficient um, and there's actually three main things that we tackle. Um, the fact that on average, 30% of trucks are running empty in Australia. So literally one truck out of three that where you can set your eyes on is likely to have nothing in the truck. Number two is the fact that actually 50% of the time trucks are idle. They're literally mm. waiting for a load, waiting to be utilized. And so two, those two things are massively burdening the efficiency and the cost effectiveness of freight. And um, mm. and the last aspect is that the only players that usually are big enough to uh, supply the network and um, and the, the fleet size to the largest contract in Australia incur about 30 cents on the dollar that is purely overhead. And what we do is that we combine the long tail, those that are the leanest structures and the most efficient structures of trucking companies into our platform. And then we focus on finding ways to, when we allocate the freight to them, we move the, the backload issue, we move the inefficiency around the utilization weight and help them drive more efficiencies around the operations. So for our clients, we are the, the one digital partner that allows them to whip the benefits of actually tackling the long tail of the market. Yeah. Super interesting. And how do you make money from this? What's the pricing model? Is it subscription or is it per you know ton? How does that side work? Actually, the pricing model is is built so that we are incentivized in terms of um, delivering our vision. So we actually lock our revenue with our clients um, for usually an, an annual basis or sometimes two, three years. And then our cost structure is a function of how well can we optimize the freight? How well can we allocate the freight to a trucking company? Because our margin is going to be that delta between the revenue we lock with our clients and the cost we achieve with our carriers and the trucking companies we leverage. So we always are incentivized to invest further in optimization tools, in automation, et cetera, so that when we allocate freight, it's done with the least amount of friction, least amount of backload inefficiencies around overhead and idle time. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a unique way because it really then is aligning yourself with the customer because at the end of the day, you're, you're really trying to see efficiencies. Is that right? It's absolutely right. We actually charge no one. We don't charge our, our, our clients. We don't charge the carriers that we leverage. We, we are simply taking what is left in the middle. And, uh, and so that just perfectly aligns interest with everyone. Yeah. And so therefore, is it more this about bringing costs down and or getting volumes to drive your future? Well, it's the, driving the cars down is a consequence of what we do. It's not the driver. Um, uh-huh. The driver is very much to find ways to bring those large contracts to those that are the most efficient. When you think about it, the value of freight is sitting with a truck and a truck driver. Mm. Anything on top of that 
is literally waste and is meant to be disrupted and improved. And so what we do is that we take those large contracts, we break it down into bite sizes. And then when we allocate it, we allocate it to the leanest, most efficient structures and, and trucking companies down to the owner operator where we have the most value for the dollar. So it's not the consequence of what we do is that we are the most efficient price-wise, but it's the consequence of what we do and not what drives us. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And then how do we think about the total market? So you're Australian-based, are you thinking about offshore or is it more state-by-state? So we, we are in Australia, um, and in Australia, the, the industry um, of, of logistics and supply chain is the second biggest industry um, in the country. It's a, a 40 or $47 billion industry, and it's super fragmented, meaning the supplier actually landscape is the most fragmented we can imagine. There's 50,000 trucking companies in that industry. 98% of them have less than 10 trucks and 24,000 of those trucking companies are actually owner operators. So that's why I meant the efficiency you whip by tackling the long tail. Um, and so it's very much a market that, that needs to be improved because it's analog due to the simple fact that those long tail and those smaller trucking companies, they don't have the means to invest in technology. They don't have the means to compete with the bigger companies. And so they end up being the ones that are the most at of surviving when they are the ones that are the most efficient and driving the most value for the dollar spent to their customers. Yeah, sounds right for disruption (laughs) of those small fragmentations in that. And what have you seen throughout COVID? Because you started the business last year, which anyone would have thought would have been challenging. But what have you actually seen being in the ground? Well, indeed, launched in March 2020, which was, um, um, some would say, not an ideal timing. Um, and I, I've confirmed that for the first few months. The reality is that most businesses were struggling to maintain business as usual for the first few months and had no idea what the future would look like. But supply chain and logistics actually been the most exposed market in terms of growth. Demand has rose like they, there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that has put a lot of pressure on the companies to be able to be the most efficient, to find capacity in the market. And a technology like ours, when we have... 15,000 trucks on the platform was the most relevant. So the second phase of COVID was actually an amazing growth journey for us. And we've, we've managed to do, I think, in, in like seven months, 24x. Wow. That's definitely uh, some growth that you're seeing. And would you think some of the things that you've seen through COVID are likely to be sustained? Or do you think this is, you know, at the height of where the, the pressure is? Well, I'll talk, I'll divide the, the response into, I mean, overall as an industry, I think that there are habits that will stick um, for sure. And, and that's consumption habits, which uh, consumption drives uh, logistics. Um, and the growth of logistics is very correlated to consumption and GDP growth. But overall, it's more around how our customers deal with their freight that has changed. Their yeah. expectation of being more efficient or having more visibility around what, what they're doing and whipping, whipping the, the full efficiency of the market, that cannot change. And once you get used to that, you don't want to come back to an analog way of dealing with your freight, jumping on the phone and doing so many touch points when you can have one partner that solves all of those for you. Yeah, makes sense. And then thinking about the competitive landscape, who are your main competitors today? I mean, we're lacking digital competitors. So our main competitors are actually the, the top five biggest trucking companies in the country. The one that I've mentioned early on, talking about how they have 30 cents on the dollar going purely in overhead. Well, those companies, because they haven't been able to be efficient, they haven't been able to properly leverage technology to disrupt their own structures, they are falling behind. And um, and I personally find them as being my target because they actually remove the value from the market. They, they take all of those large contracts, then they subcontract 40% of their volume to the long tail. And so they mm-hmm. take all of that margin for them and then they drive prices down and profitability down 
to the to the smaller trucking companies. So a little bit like David versus Goliath. Well, I actually go and fight for the smaller players and for the ones that I believe are the most relevant in the market. And fragmentation of the market is what I leverage. I'm not here to consolidate the market. I'm here to leverage the fragmentation. Yeah. And how easy is it for somebody else to replicate what you do? Well, it's harder and harder. Let's put it that way, because it is a data game. Every single shipment we do, every single quote we do, every single data we analyze is a head start and is, and is increasing a head start. We have to think the industry as being data points. Every time we crunch data, we become smarter. And every time we're smarter, we become more relevant. And so if there is a momentum effect and a snowball effect that drives our head start further. Yeah. So it really is that first mover advantage. And the longer that you're in the position that you are, uh, it's going to be harder for others to catch up. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do you see the landscape evolving looking forward? Do you think it ends up being, you know, just you guys, do you expect to see some other guys come in and start to play in that market? Because it is a massive market, um, mm. I, I don't believe it's a winner-take-all. Um, I believe there's space for a lot of players and I would welcome that. I think the reality is that we need to improve this industry. Uh, we need to make it better. We need to make our world safer. We need to remove that massive carbon footprint that those in efficiencies are driving and the more players we are trying to tackle those issues the better it will be um, so mm. i welcome competition actually so i i believe that we'll, we will end up in the next few years with having two three very strong players yeah is there any way that some of those larger guys that you are disrupting today could effectively invest and replicate what you're doing or would they be cannibalizing their own business doing that i mean they on paper, they could. I mean, history has proven us that they can't um, just because it's like navigating a, a very large ship versus a, a very small one. The nimbleness mm-hmm. and the ability to, to disrupt yourself and innovate is not the same. Um, so I actually don't believe that they can. Um, and I believe that, um, that uh, they will slowly and, um, and progressively be, become irrelevant. Yeah. One of the listed stocks in the Australian market, which is a large stock today, is called Wisetech, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. I'm curious as to what is the difference uh, between you guys and and where they play, because they do have a transport module. Can you give a bit more colour around that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wisetech is... um is one of those players that, that were an early disruptor in, in the sea freight mainly. And they've now tried to branch out and, and tackle other parts of, um, of uh, the, the market and the supply chain. And the reality is that road freight, while some of the pain points are similar all around the world, um, it is a very market specific. And so their offering is, is in that sense, not the same. Uh, they are a sole technology provider and they don't do the, the optimization. They don't, they're not the digital freight forwarder where they handle and take full responsibility for the contracts. They're trying to have a one-size-fit-all, which, mm. uh, from my opinion, is, um, is not going to work uh, long-term um, and, um, and is not going to solve the pain points of this specific issue in Australia. Mm. Interesting. Um, and then I'm, I'm curious about some of the economics around the business. I assume right now, startup phase, like we see across a few different businesses, it's all costs down. <laughs> but I think, how do you think about what is the biggest cost in the business today? Is it R&D? Is it sales and marketing? And where do you see that trending over time? Let me be very transparent. Actually, it's everything in R&D and IP. Um, mm-hmm. We don't even have one marketing person, not even one, not even an intern. <laughs> Um, all of our um, all of our growth is from uh, from referrals from our current clients, is from word of mouth, is from our reputation, um, and it's it's a tiny amount of our overhead, but it's actually dedicated in sales. Um, if we wanted to, 
we could be operationally profitable by mid 2022. All the money we invest is purely in increasing the quality of our offering and the digital experience that our customers have um, and is building different offerings and, and increasing the amount of customers we can reach um, with, with our service. Mm. And how do you see those customers? Do they tend to stay or have you lost a few customers over time? I think we haven't lost one. And, and that's also by the nature of, of uh, who we tackle as well. Um, we do tackle larger freight spenders that spend more than five, 10 million a year um, in freight that, uh, that have recurring needs and, uh, and for whom we can actually have contracted agreements that, that last more than a year or so. And so the, the nature of that relationship is super sticky. Um, and, um, and that allows us to have some level of predictability in the freight that we, that we crunch and optimize, and which allows us then to build predictability tools and, and, and potentially down the track machine learning tools of how to allocate the freight. And what is that capital intensity? Is that coming down a bit? As you say, that is the biggest cost today. Uh, is there kind of a, a, you know, you can't spend too much more? Is it still kind of in that ramp up phase? Well, we are fortunately very well funded, um, so there's there's no need to actually slow down our our burn. Um, we're all about investing in technology. Uh, we we we're all about becoming the, the biggest player in APAC and and being able to expand our digital offering across numerous different markets in Southeast Asia. Um, so I don't I don't plan on wrapping that down um, at all. I actually plan on on leveraging the heads that I have fully and and spending even more. The investor appetite that we have is significant. The mm. sheer size of those investors are impressive. So we have a momentum that we need to leverage, and I don't plan on on not seizing that opportunity. And thinking about some of the things you tapped into there was around your strategies for growth. How should we think about the future of offload? Future offload, first of all, super promising, but very specifically, um, we have the, the intention of building an ecosystem um, that, that favors everyone involved in it. Um, that being said, if we imagine the industry being two parties, one that we call the shippers and the other one that we call the carriers, we're currently sitting in the middle trying to match the two whilst generating the least amount of friction and the least amount of inefficiency. And, uh, and then the ability for us to gather data is all around the shipments that we fulfill. Well, our second phase is to say, well, let's go further. Let's go further down the road. Let's actually build the technology that allows the shippers to allocate the freight and to allocate the freight not only to offload, but who, to whoever else they leverage for different reasons. And, um, and then phase three, let's provide this SaaS offering similarly to the trucking companies and let's allow those companies to have a digital experience also for other clients than offload. And let's mm-hmm. enable everyone to deal with a technology that allows them operationally to be more efficient, to reduce their own internal overhead that is required to manage freight. And then phase four, let's find a way to actually have all of that tied with what we call fintech for freight. The reality of the trucking companies that we leverage is that they are small. They cannot carry the burden of having 30, 60, 90, 120 payment terms. Um, Mm -hmm. They just don't have that cash flow. Well, let's negotiate the best payment terms. Let's negotiate the best factoring terms. And then those small companies, do they have the same financing deals, fuel deals, insurance deals, than the top players that have thousands of trucks? Of course not. Well, let's use our firepower, our bargaining power to negotiate the best deals for our, cost, for our carriers and then reduce their own internal cost. And so the aim is really to build that ecosystem where everyone constantly benefits. And the more we have channeling through our offering, the more we can provide value to everyone. Yeah, interesting. Um, And should we think about always being at this stage in your roadmap domestic player or is there an ability to replicate this overseas? 
There is definitely the ability to replicate this overseas, and there's definitely the appetite to replicate mm -hmm. this overseas. Um, currently, the, the best angle we believe to, to expand is going to be around our SaaS offering and our software as a service offering. That will actually be our next expansion ambition. And so the aim is to start offering the service around Q1, Q2 next year. Exciting plans ahead. Um, and a question we ask all companies is just around M&A. Now, we saw um, one of your key investors was one of the large freight forwarders. Um, would it make sense, just thinking around M&A, for one of those large global freight forwarders to actually try and bring you into their own ecosystem? Would that be logical? I mean, it definitely would. And I think that, um, of course, when they invest in tech startups, they believe that it's because there's a numerous amount of synergies. Mm. Um, the reality of those players, and more specifically, is that their growth will likely come from other verticals. They right now have record profits, but revenue-wise and growth in revenue, it will need to be from auxiliary services. And services like ours, which is an asset light platform that allows to actually grasp a large amount of revenue definitely makes sense for them. But for offload, right now is absolutely not the right time. No for an acquisition, no for a SPAC merger. We have a long and extremely exciting journey ahead of us and an early distraction really doesn't make sense. Great. And what about on the flip side? Is there appetite from your side to grow, uh, you know, through some M&A? I think it's definitely something we have to have an eye for, an eye out for. Um, we need to, to, to stay very alert of what is uh, happening in the, in, the, in the industry. Australia in logistics is still not extremely developed in our interstate middle mile um, offering. So there wouldn't be acquisition deals in Australia as we speak, but Southeast Asia, there's definitely some angles where we could look into it. Well, thank you again, Jeffrey Henry from Offload for joining us on our podcast today. For anybody else that's keen to get more details, please do reach out and we will circle around again and check in with you again and seeing what exciting things are there in, in a couple of months. Yeah, and thank you very much, Elise, for bearing my French accent and thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure too. Thanks again, Jeffrey. Cheers. Thank you.